Listen, buddy, if you're looking for the Diet Frozen Yogurt Bar, it went out of business last summer. Actually, I'm looking for a... everybody, Caffeinated Quentin here, and welcome to the latest episode of the Coffee and Comics Podcast. For those totally unfamiliar, this is a show where we take a quick look at a comic roughly in the span of time it takes to enjoy a cup of coffee. Lately, I've been asked to diverge a bit from my coverage of comics from the big two. So guess what? I'm looking at something not Marvel or DC again this time. This time around, it is Mortal Kombat Blood and Thunder number one from Malibu Comics. Mortal Kombat Blood and Thunder number one, titled A Slow Boat to China, cover date November 1994, writer Charles Marshall, pencils Patrick Rollo, inks Bobby Ray, letters Dave Lanfear, editor Mark Panicia, and special consultant John Tobias. We open with stereotypical old Asian wizard slash kung fu hermit looking dude Shang Tsung and his bodyguard, the massive four-armed Goro, punishing some of Shang Tsung's guards for being rather lax in their duties. Shang informs Goro that he is close to being able to open the Dao De Jan, a book which will grant him great power in order to rule the world. You may already notice this is off from the plot of the games, but let's just keep rolling with it. In Hong Kong, Shang's boat pulls into port as Johnny Cage steps out of a limo. His agent and Hollywood exec try to talk him out of leaving, but Johnny says he's much more interested in the tournament than whatever movie they want him in this time. He hasn't even read the script. Besides, the story of this tournament could make a heck of a movie. Elsewhere in the city, the cybernetic criminal Kano is trying his best to escape Sonya Blade and her special forces group. Kano manages to duck the elite group, but not before Sonya notices Kano climbing aboard Shang's boat. In a flashback, we see Liu Kang petition the Order of Light to participate in Shang Tsung's tournament. The Order has already chosen a representative. The twin monks, Sing and Sang, who can combine to become Siang. Yes, I know, but, but we'll get past this quickly, okay? okay? The Order allows Liu to go as well, probably just so he won't be whining at the temple for the next two weeks. Liu comes to from his daydream, He's on the boat, and he gets to hear Kano causing a ruckus with the others. Luckily, Johnny Cage jumps into the fray and helps Lou dispatch Kano. Back on deck, Sub-Zero and his ninja partner Hydro, yes, 
Hydro spy on the others, but are quickly distracted by the spirit of Scorpion, the undead ninja who Sub-Zero murdered years earlier. Sub-Zero's flashback is rudely interrupted by Sonya and her random cyborg partner, who have come looking for Kano. Everybody is gathered and told to shut the heck up and just quit with all the drama because they have arrived at Shang Tsung's island home. Goro is presented to all of them, and amazingly, nobody is freaked out about a four-armed dude that stands over eight feet tall. We assume all combatants are assembled, but just then, Raiden, the Lord of Thunder, descends from the heavens in a show of light and fury. To be continued. So let's take a quick promo break and I'll be right back. Xenozoic Xenophiles. A fan podcast devoted to the comic series Xenozoic Tales. It's a post-apocalyptic adventure series filled with Cadillacs and dinosaurs. I'm Ruth. And I'm Darren. We hope you'll join us as we discuss the stories, characters, and art in this excellent comic series from creator, writer, and artist Mark Schultz. Xenozoic Xenophiles is available at podbean.com and on iTunes and Stitcher. And find us at xenozoicxenophiles.com. As I've already mentioned, this comic seems to diverge from the traditional version of the MK story. But maybe it was released too closely to the original game, too. The first Mortal Kombat was released in 1992. This comic came out at the tail end of 1994. According to a few sources, these comics... 27 in total across various miniseries that serve basically as chapters, serve as alternative stories. You know, stuff that may or may not have been considered by Midway, makers of the Mortal Kombat games. However, with John Tobias, you know, co-creator of the franchise along as a consultant, I can't help but think that these changes and alternate ideas were signed off by him. Now, whether those changes were partially his influence or just allowed in exchange for a large sack with a dollar sign on the front, I'll never know. Anyway, as for the story itself, this issue is pretty much just the setup for the entire series of books. I mean, it's issue one. It provided us with a way to meet almost all the principal characters in about as much time as possible so we can have an understanding of what's to come. We even got to see a little bit of some fighty fights along the way. Nothing exceptional, but, I mean, we can at least see a little action and even a few special moves from the games. The storytelling is clear, the pace felt like a late 80s action movie, and I actually got decently drawn in by the end. As for the art, I'm kind of disappointed. It's cartoony, and not in the fun way. 
It's cartoony in the... Oh, man, this is a Saturday morning cartoon that I watched because it's connected to my favorite franchise way. And no, that wasn't a dig at Mortal Kombat Defenders of the Realm. But now that you mention it... Now, now don't get me wrong. It's very serviceable art, and it tells the story quite well. The action is clear and smooth. It's the anatomy that bugs me. Most characters have too many lines, especially in the faces. And this is coming from a guy who knows nothing about art. Sometimes characters are fairly amorphous by having too few lines. Every so often, faces and bodies match up perfectly, and it looks outstanding. And sometimes we get abominations that probably shouldn't exist, like the fused warrior Saiyang. Speaking of, were the staff watching Dragon Ball Z bootlegs and digging the fusion concept from later in the show, or what? One thing you can't deny about that art is the tradition of Malibu's coloring department knocking it out of the park. Everything is vibrant. It pops in ways that your eyes just love to see. So, overall, what do I think? Well, if you're a fan of the Mortal Kombat games and characters, you'll probably agree that the good outweighs the bad, and that this is pretty enjoyable. It's definitely better than the Street Fighter comic Malibu tried a few years earlier. And trust me, I'm a Street Fighter guy. I know. However, if you're pretty oblivious to this franchise, and I don't know how you could be in the last 25 years, but okay... You may not get all you expect from this book. Maybe if you had the full six-issue mini for a couple of bucks, I'd say try it out and see what you missed. But honestly, if you didn't already have a familiarity and appreciation for the franchise, you're probably not going to find a lot here to wow you. Okay, let's take another break and come back with some listener feedback. Star Trek comic books, mythology, video games, toys, Star Wars, just about any geeky topic you can think of could be covered on the Hammer Podcast, presented by Two True Freaks. Come join me, Gene Hendricks. For whatever my disjointed mental processes can come up with, and be careful, or you might just learn something before we're done. The Hammer Podcast is available monthly, both on its own iTunes feed and at twotruefreaks.com. Okay, and we're back. Last episode, which was No Room for Magic number one, got Twitter shares and favorites from Warlock Thanos Podcast, Into the Weird, Sean42AZ, Charlton Hero, Comics in the Golden Age, Siskoid, Adriano, Green Lantern HG, Professor Frenzy, Jeffrey Brown, Ed Moore, Unpacking the Power of Power Pack, Dr. Ange, Warlord Worlds, Dr. G, Man of Nerdology, and Iowa's Joe Crawford. 
On Facebook, we got likes and shares from Al Sedano, Pat Sampson, Gene Hendricks, Hal Jordan, Jerry Green, and Bill Beer. Looking at the website, uh, to go back a couple of episodes because I missed getting this on the last one. In regards to the interview with Carl Kiesel, good friend of the show Martin Gray posted, Congratulations on a wonderful chat with Carl. I've been a big fan since New Talent Showcase. It's one of the sadnesses of my comics reading that despite plenty of wonderful fill-ins, he's never been given the regular FF writing gig. Sort it out, Marvel. And congratulations to Carl on achieving his Kickstarter aim. Thank you very much for contributing to that, Martin. So there wasn't any actual feedback on the No Room for Magic episode, but that's okay. Plenty of likes and shares get us out there in the world. I hope everybody enjoyed that, and I hope everybody enjoyed this look at Mortal Kombat. So, I think that about wraps it up for this episode. Just a quick note for everybody who hasn't already heard, I have started up a second show over on the Longbox Crusade Network, thanks to Pat, Jared, Jason, and Delvin for allowing me to... uh, kind of play around over there. It's called Fan Film Fridays. It's an irregular podcast, meaning it just kind of comes out whenever I have a chance to get an episode, but the first episode is out now. It takes a look at online fan films, and I hope everybody gets a chance to check it out and see if they like it or not. But that wraps it up for here. So until next time, this is the place where the comics are never too old. And the coffee is never too cold. This has been a Coffee and Comics production. All material referenced herein is copyright the respective owners and is believed covered under fair use. Feedback can be left by emailing coffeeandcomicspodcast at gmail.com, visiting the website at coffeeandcomicspodcast.blogspot.com, or on Twitter at coffeecomicsblg. Alexander Hamilton, Aaron Burr. If you're a history lover or a musical lover, you probably know about both Hamilton and Burr's rise to power in the early stages of American history and their infamous duel. But what if you didn't know the full story? What if one of them was a werewolf? White Rocket Entertainment proudly presents a 48-page full-color comic book, Hamilton vs. Burr, A Werewolf Tale. Written by Jared Albrecht, the yard sale artist. Art by Nate Niles. Colors by Ace Wheelie and Ken Solomon. Letters by Percival Constantine. And edited by Johanna Albrecht. Hamilton vs. Burr, A Werewolf Tale. Available digitally on Kindle and Comics Central. C-O-M-I-X Central. Prefer a print copy? Hamilton vs. Burr, A Werewolf Tale, along with my other published works, are available at theyardsaleartist.bigcartel.com. That's theyardsaleartist.bigcartel.com. Or you can buy it directly from me, creator Jared Albrecht, the yard sale artist, at any of my Comic-Con appearances. Hamilton vs. Burr, A Werewolf Tale.
Get your copy today. You won't regret it. Don't take my word for it. Here's what Ming Chen from AMC's TV series Comic Book Men had to say about it. I really enjoyed it. A lot of great werewolf scenes in here. A lot of great... Uh, this is how I wish history would be told to kids. <laughs> Books like a- a Hamilton vs. Burr, A Werewolf Tale. That's Hamilton vs. Burr, A Werewolf Tale. 